In Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist said, verse 10 and 12, And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Speaking of Jesus, John the Baptist says, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. A work can seem religious, but it can end up being an ungodly work. Jesus shows us that in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. In order to be a good work, it has to be authored by God. Second by second, we walk in this world, we who are born again and have the Spirit of God, and all who are born again have the Holy Spirit of God, for he is the one who causes you to be born again, for he opens your eyes to sin that you can see. We who walk on this earth following the Spirit of God will do good works because when we yield to the Spirit of God and walk in the Spirit of God, we walk in that which God authors at that exact moment. Before my favorite aunt died, we were visiting, and God said to me by his Spirit, Tell your aunt about being taken into heaven. Oh, I didn't want to do that. Why not? Well, she was Church of Christ. She had never been to another church other than Church of Christ in her entire life, so far as I knew. I didn't want to tell her about being taken into heaven. I know Church of Christ doctrine. They don't even talk about the Holy Spirit at the Church of Christ. At least they didn't in the 1950s when I was in their organization. But because... I belong to God, and he has taught me to yield to the Holy Spirit, and he's taught me to recognize the voice of God when he speaks to me. Because of those things, I put aside my preferences and told my aunt about being taken into heaven. It was in the night. I was transported into heaven. I knew I was with God, with Christ, and with the Holy Spirit although I saw no images. 
It was a spiritual experience. At that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God, God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. And a few nights later, the exact same thing happened to me a second time. As I told my aunt this story, I noticed a dreamy look had come upon her face. She wasn't afraid of what I was saying. She was reminded of something. And when I finished speaking, she said something like that happened to me once, and it was all golden. In Revelation, we read of the streets of gold. And every time I read that, I remember my aunt, who had been taken there. God does as he wills. We please God when we commit our concerns to God and trust in him. Every time we pray over something that troubles us, we put our trust in God. That pleases God. When he speaks to us by his spirit, and we share that with others, or we do what he says, I know that pleases God. That's a work of God. How can you tell what is good and what is evil? Well, we know what is good and what is evil because we know that voice that has spoken to us and we do those things that he speaks to us by his spirit. Now, of course, we know things like adultery are evil. Fornication is evil. Drunkenness is evil. Hatred is evil. We know that because we have the Spirit of God to show us those things. He convicts us of sin. He also convicts others of sin. I had an experience once where I'd been baptized in water when I was 15 years old, but I wasn't born again until I was 37. And God spoke to me while I was reading a book about sin. He said, Joan, you know those mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. He opened my eyes to see that it wasn't just I was making mistakes. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit does is convict us of our sins. When I was on radio in 1980 through 1984, in the middle years, 1982, God said to me, the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. I didn't know what that meant. But a few days later, the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to see sins that some of the big-time ministers were doing. One of the ministers herself told me what she was doing. She was stealing from the airlines, and I didn't even recognize it as sin when she told me the story. But she managed to ship 40 or 50 boxes of books, which she sold at her meetings, Bibles and teachings that she had done. She shipped them on the airline that she was traveling on, and she told me this story. She said, now here's how you do that without paying anything for the shipping. These were the days when you could drive up curbside and ship your luggage. 
She said, be sure you go to the curbside check-in and let the porter see that you are holding in your hand a wad of bills, which you're obviously going to give him as a tip. He will take your boxes and put shipping labels on them, and you give him the money that's in your hand, and you're able to ship your boxes without paying the airline. Now, I didn't see that as sin when she first told me that story. And she proudly told me that she had taught her 12-year-old daughter how to do this, and she knew how to do it. When God told me that the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God, she's one of the people I was reminded of. And then my eyes were opened to see that she was committing sin by stealing from the airlines. She was tricking the porters by showing them this money, which she would give them if they shipped her boxes of books. There were other ministers that I didn't know when I heard the story that they were committing sin, but God opened my eyes after he said that. The time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. He opened my eyes to see that that was a sin. The representative Michael Ellison Advertising Agency told me that Jimmy Swaggart had been one of their clients. Swaggart came to them because he was tired of having so few people come to his meetings, and he wanted large numbers of people to come to his meetings. So he hired Michael Ellison Advertising Agency and they examined what he was doing. Jimmy Swaggart was a country-western singer. So they told him, at your meetings, cut back on the amount of time that you preach and sing to the people. The numbers changed from something like 500 to 2,000 people overnight. I didn't see that as a sin. Until God said to me, the time has come, the judgment must begin at the house of God. And then God opened my eyes to see that what Swaggart had done was a sin. And my message concerning Swaggart to Swaggart was, go back to preaching and stop entertaining the people with music. I finally got that message to him by speaking it on my own radio broadcast. And then his followers told him what I'd said because I couldn't get a message through to Swaggart because his people that opened his mail were discarding the message I sent. When the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see sin, we recognize it as sin. That's why some people are born again and others aren't because the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin. And then you are born again. My mother and dad never went to church. We had no Bible in our house except one of my relatives gave me a little New Testament Bible. I I think it was just New Testament. They gave me a little Bible for my fifth birthday. So that was the only Bible we had. I never heard my mother and dad speak against going to church, but they just didn't go to church. After I was born again, of course, I was speaking constantly about things of God. 
not going to church, but things of God, things God had shown me. And my mother said to me once, I would like to have a faith like you have. Well, that's ended the conversation on it. I couldn't give her a faith like I have. But it was her desire to have a faith like I have. All her life, my mother had enjoyed buying the monthly horoscope books. And then she would read the horoscope to me for that day. After I was born again, I was visiting at my mother's house and I opened the kitchen cabinet and there were four horoscope mugs. I had given them to my mother before I was born again because I knew it pleased her. I opened the cabinet door and got a garbage bag and just began putting the horoscope mugs in the garbage bag. My mother was sitting there watching me, and when she realized what I was about to do, she said, No, wait. You gave those to me. I want to keep those. I didn't say a word. I just kept filling the garbage bag. I went out to the alley. I broke the mugs on the dumpster and threw it in the garbage. I came back to the house, went in my bedroom, got a Bible, went into the living room where my mother was seated and began reading aloud the following scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abomination of those nations. There shall not be found among you any one that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. I closed the Bible. She sat there for about maybe a minute thinking. And then she said to me, Well, I guess we'd better not do these things anymore. And she was born again with that. I didn't live in the same city where she lived. I flew back to Dallas, where I lived. But my uncle wrote to me and said, Your mother has changed. She's really changed. I knew by that she had been born again, because that is what change is. When we agree with the Spirit of God, when the Spirit of God speaks to us, and we hear it and agree with it. We're born again by the Spirit of God. And it is the Spirit of God who convicts us of sin. That's why one person is saved and another person is not. Pam Paget had a relative who had attended Baptist Church her entire life. But when she was 80-some-odd years old, she had an experience where she was born again. 
And she told everybody, I'm born again now. I thought I was born again. I thought I was a Christian, but now I'm born again. They had a family reunion, and this aunt spoke about being born again and how she thought she was a Christian all those years, but she's now born again. Her eldest daughter was sitting beside Pam at this reunion, and the eldest daughter said, I don't know what's wrong with Mother. It's just lately she's been talking like this. Everybody knows she's always been a Christian. But no one's always been a Christian. We're born in the flesh. We're born by the flesh, not the spirit at first. She said Mother has always been there. If anything needed to be done at the Baptist church, Mother was always the first one to arrive. She's always been a Christian. I don't know what's wrong with her. Well, Pam was born again, and she knew, and she rejoiced in what her mother said. Pam was riding home with her mother and dad from this reunion, and on the way home she said, Oh, wasn't it wonderful what Aunt Ethel said? And they said, What? They didn't even hear it. That's because the Holy Spirit works according to the will of God. Some will hear and some do not hear. Before they died, both Pam's mother and dad were born again. But at that time, they didn't even recognize the aunt, what she said. That was wonderful. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But when the Spirit of God opens your eyes, then you see. Jesus said in John 3, Except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. No, you can't see things of God until the Spirit of God opens your eyes. And then you see. And if we walk by what the Spirit tells us, then we do works of the Spirit. And Romans chapter 8 verse 1 tells us this. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The Spirit of God brings to our mind that which God wants us to do, and we speak that, or we do that. And verse 14 of Romans chapter 8 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As we follow the Spirit of God, we bring forth automatically the fruits of the Spirit of God. We don't have to try to bring them forth. All we have to do is what God shows us by His Spirit at that moment. And the result that comes are the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, 
verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. It is not that we set out to live in long-suffering. It's that in a specific instance of this life, the Spirit of God will cause us to do something that is a form of long-suffering, and as a result of what we have done, the fruit is produced in us. It's like a person throwing a rock in a pond of water. You don't try to make a ripple from the rock. It's just going to happen because you threw the rock in the water. When you speak by the Spirit of God, that which He wants you to speak, the fruits of the Spirit of God are going to come forth. If we speak by our own flesh, the works of the flesh will come forth. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, which is trying to outdo one another, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like. Paul says, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's in Galatians 5, verses 19 through 21. But you can't walk in the Spirit unless you have the Spirit. And when you have the Spirit, He will convict you of sins. And He will show you certain things are evil. And you have a choice as to whether you do them or not. And He will show you certain things that you could say are evil and would hurt another person. And you have a choice of whether you speak that evil or not. And he will show you that which is good so that you can turn from the will of the flesh and follow him, the Spirit of God, doing the will of God. And by that, we know good versus evil. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.